Welcome, and thanks for joining with AIP, the American Institute of Pyramid Research. We study pyramids around the world, especially in Egypt, with the belief they hold special wisdom. Please subscribe to our channel as we uncover long hidden secrets, explain sacred symbols, and demystify the world's greatest mysteries. Well, thanks for joining. We've got an interesting study for you today. The blueprint of the Great Pyramid, hidden by Hemiunu, the architect, in plain sight. Okay, so Hemiunu's Mastaba, the place where he's buried, is in the western field at Giza, and it encodes the Great Pyramid. Uh, it's been given the designation by Egyptologist G4000, and the Great Pyramid, of course, is called G1. So G4000 yields G1. Manu Saifzadeh, the great researcher, has this article about how the essential design of the Great Pyramid is encoded by its architect, Hemiunu. Okay, so here's how. This is a diagram by uh, the, the founder of Egyptology, uh, William Flinders Petrie, and he meticulously diagrammed the, uh, basically the width, the height, if you want to say, of all the courses of the Great Pyramid. Okay, so uh, here, here's, here's the map of that. So you can see that there's a peak there, and then it, the, the courses go down for a while. Then there's another peak, and then they go down, and there's another peak. And so that's the pattern that's followed there. So he encoded these uh, different peaks by preceding these peaks with courses whose square area in cubits was a near-even integer ratio of the pyramid's base. Now, that sounds kind of convoluted, but the idea is that you could take the base uh, area of every course, the 203 courses of the Great Pyramid, they all would have an area. Well, some of those areas are ex an almost an exact 125th, exact 25th ratio of the base of the Great Pyramid, okay? So, for instance, you know, there's 10 25ths. The, the, the base area of that course right there is 10 25ths of the, the base of the Great Pyramid. That course level, its area is 14 25ths, and that course level right there is 19 25ths. Okay, so the peak courses after the even 25th fractionals are associated with ceilings. Okay, so the pre-peak courses, peak courses are, are these 25th fractionals. So for instance, the 19 25th precedes the possible void chamber shown by the muon scans there. So, uh, Saifzadeh uh, says we could maybe find some of the, what we think are the hidden chambers in the Great Pyramid, because the known chambers, we have this clue from Hemiunu, why not just extend it to the upper chambers? Okay, interesting. Okay, some more encodings. Uh, take my, my RC work that I did. The American Research Center presentation uh, I gave uh, last month at their virtual, their first virtual uh, annual uh, convention. And just work I've done around Giza, okay? So uh, I took these pointers on the east side of the Great Pyramid, and I showed that they pointed to places in the Great Pyramid itself. So this, again, seems to be Hemiunu's the designer here, that this works because, you know, he's at work here. You've, you've got the angles of these boat pits on the east side that are east-west basically laid out, but they're not exactly east-west because when you follow the pointers... You know, they point to that spot on the southwest Eris uh, angle of the Great Pyramid. So this forms a square because the notch on the northeast side is a very famous part of, of uh, you know, what's at Giza. It's a very visible structure. And then the boat pointers converge that I just showed you there. So that forms a square. A square is plainly formed on the Great Pyramid. 
Okay, so there's the notch, okay, and that's the square that, that Hemiunu seems to be pointing us to in the Great Pyramid. Uh, the air shafts of the King's Chamber exit at the 103rd course, according in the original casing stones, according to Petri's diagrams there. Okay, so the north air shaft exits three royal cubits east of the north-south axis, but it again, it exits on our Great Pyramid Square, and the south King's Chamber air shaft exits 10 royal cubits east of the north-south axis, but again, on this square. Look at all the connections to this Great Pyramid Square. But there's more. So there's a line through the this is uh, the south uh, side of the Great Pyramid, and that's where the uh, air shaft exits right there. Now think in terms of the architecture of the Great Pyramid. In terms of singular changes from like one chamber to another, one passage to another, one of the largest would have to be this one right here. Okay, you're in the first ascending passage, and then you walk, come into the grand gallery, 28 foot high ceiling, the sense of the expansive sense you get there. And then all these passages come together, the, the Queen's Chamber passage, the well shaft, the first ascending passage, that would be the singular spot. And guess what? This square, this great pyramid square we're talking about, goes exactly over that spot. So incredible. Now, John Romer writes, the only sign of genuine intention can be the harmonies of angle, form, and size. Okay, so I'd say we're finding that with these boat pits and these inner passages with this Great Pyramid Square. That's intentional. Hemiunu did that. So if Hemiunu could do that with the Pyramid Square, could there be a tomb connection? Since Saif Sada said, you know, he's done that in other ways, could there be a tomb connection? So uh, I don't know why I picked a uh, distorted picture here because it's plain the Great Pyramid doesn't look square there, but this works in other, other photographs because I've done this before. Uh, so the square is in blue, and so uh, you can see that the boat pointers point to that southwest Eris angle there the black in black. And notice the white line and the green lines, okay? So there's Hemiunu's tomb, G4000. Look at the north, again, the north side of our Great Pyramid Square points directly west to that mastaba. And the center of the Great Pyramid going directly west is the southern part of Hemiunu's tomb. Wow. And then if you take the uh, southernmost of the two eastern north-south boat pits and put it through that southwest corner of the template, it goes again right to the northwest corner of Hemiunu's tomb. This can't be by chance. So... Hemiunu, I'm standing here. I uh, got permission a couple months ago to go back to his tomb. Incredible what you've left for us here at Giza. You, you've put your stamp. You've shown that you are the author, uh, you know, one of the authors of the Great Pyramid, the great designer, the architect. Because, again, this speaks to the debate about who built the Great Pyramid. You know, Hemiunu was the nephew of Khufu, the builder of the Great Pyramid. He was the grandson of uh, Sneferu, who was Khufu's father. And uh, his tomb is there. We know about him. We've got his statue. He built, he, he's the architect of the Great Pyramid. Okay, but there's more. Let's go to another, uh, this boat pit pointer again. These are the two we've shown that, that point to the southwest, you know, uh, Eris angle corner of our Great Pyramid Square. Okay, so if you just follow that through where it hits the southwest corner, look at that. It goes right to the southwest corner of Hemiunu's tomb. Incredible. Another pointer there. This is way beyond chance. This is, it shows intention. Hemiunu, the architect of the Great Pyramid, is speaking. And then when you calculate 
the uh, the size of that course, the, the the Great Pyramid Square, it's 200 cubits. The 103rd course is two got sides of 200 cubits. So it's interesting that uh, the derived base of, of that course, the 200 cubits we just talked about, is very nearly the equivalent of the base length of the Menkara Pyramid. So you got 200 cubits on this Great Pyramid Square, and then it seems like, you know, a chip off the old block, Menkara is 200 cubits. Charles Regano writes in the Pyramids of the Giza Plateau, based on Petri's measurements, the architects intended a pyramid of base length 200 cubits. And uh, Lehner, Mark Lehner, says that the length of one of the base sides of Menkara is 200 royal cubits. Now, uh, it's said that uh, the Menkara's pyramid is not a perfect square. It's a little slightly rectangular, so that's why we're just saying one of the sides is 200 cubits, but it's very close to a 200 cubit square. So I want to rename what I'm calling the Great Pyramid Square, the Great Pyramid Square. I'm calling it the Hemiunu Template. Okay, well, this is the end of part one. We're going to put part two out right away, so if you enjoyed this, you can keep watching. Thanks for hanging with us. Please subscribe and comment below. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for part two of the Heminu Template, a horizontal cross-section of the Great Pyramid that's very interesting. Let's pick up where we left off. Hemiunu plainly put a focus on this particular template. It spawns Menkara, as we showed. And then Jim Allison shows the width of the Giza Plateau from the eastern side of the, the uh, two temples, the Sphinx Temple and, and the Khafre Temple. That's the east side of the Giza Plateau. And then if we take Menkara's west side to be the west side, that's 2,000 cubits. So Hemiunu's template is exactly one-tenth of the width of the Giza Plateau. Interesting. There's many pyramids that have sides of 200. Uh, for instance, uh, Neferkari in Abu Sir, uh, Senreset I at Leisht, Senreset III at Dashur. So again, this, this seems to be a template that, that Hemiunu is showing us here. So I'm going to officially call it the Hemiunu template from now on. Now, the pyramid that was meant for the trial passages, because the trial passages uh, uh, Here's the Hemiunu. So let, let's first define the Hemiunu template. Okay, so we take the boat pit pointers. They point to the southwest corner. So we just make a square from that. There's the Hemiunu template. Well, that is the size of the pyramid that was meant for the trial passages. Okay, so uh, the, the Queen's pyramids run right through the trench called the third trial passage. That would be the exact center of that pyramid. And there's the line of the trial passages, which exactly mimics the line of passages in the Great Pyramid. So there is the pyramid that was meant for the trial passages. Now, uh, it's not Khufu's satellite pyramid. Uh, when Dr. Lehner wrote his paper where he talked about it, he, he called it a satellite, but then Zahi Awas later found the actual uh, satellite pyramid of Khufu down near the southeast corner. But it's still a, this is still a, an incredible pyramid right there that would have been placed over the trial passages. As a matter of fact, um, Pering, when he first discovered the trial passages, said they were a pyramid cutting. They were a cutting for a pyramid. Okay, so here's the here's the uh, the third trial passage, and that would be the center line of this 200 cubit p 
pyramid that would cover the trial passages. So that's where the entrance would be. And if you picture that gold line as if it was going down into the earth, being cut at an angle, and then if you went back up, that's the, the well shaft there. And then from that well shaft point, start coming back up at a, at a 26 degree angle toward the surface. And then, you know, the grand gallery would be there. And so there is the, you know, the bottom of this 200 cubit pyramid. Okay, so Dr. Lehner's uh, following cues to suggest an intended superstructure is correct. I think Dr. Lehner was correct in following that line of reasoning. The designers knew they had left enough clues in a sense then so they didn't have to complete the pyramid because we've seen it. Dr. Lehner envisioned it, and I do think that the, 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 uh, the, the builders intended that. So they didn't have to build it because now it exists, exists in conception. That pyramid over the trial passages is there sort of representing a special symbolic pyramid of Khufu. So upon going through the trial passages, now out in the open, you're not in the you're not going into the Great Pyramid. You paid your money, you're going into the Great Pyramid, you're going through courses of masonry, masonry and then once you do uh, exit at the Grand Gallery, uh, you know, you, you, you come through the first ascending passage, you go to the Grand Gallery, and then you go in to see the sarcophagus, then you've got to go back out the same way, showing you you're just, you know, you, but, but not so with the trial passages. You walk into real life. The idea of consubstantiality. You've entered the next life. In other words, you're coming out of this, you know, there's the claustrophobic point, but you're in the grand gallery, and then you don't walk into a closed king's chamber. You're, you walk out on the causeway. It's symbolic of actual resurrection, which is what the king wants for his people, and it's what God wants for all of us. That's what I think the Great Pyramid is saying. So here's... Uh... Here's the Hemiunu template, and this 200 cubits is exactly the distance between where the king's chamber shafts exit. So we can place this right there. That's where the Hemiunu template would go. It fits right on top of the Great Pyramid. And just the upper passages, the basically the Grand Gallery and you know the, the king's chamber would be in that that top pyramidian. Okay, so that's an interesting alignment there. Okay, now let's compare it with uh, the Vitruvian Man. Uh, here's Alan Green's drawing of the Vitruvian Man, and we know that the Da Vinci spent time uh, in Egypt and seemed to have gained an intimate knowledge of the Great Pyramid when he was there. And so in these horizontal lines that he drew seemingly for no other reason in the Vitruvian Man line up with known passages, the subterranean passage and the Queen's Chamber, King's Chamber, and it predicts, therefore, these other chambers up here, which will be found, because, again, the other horizontals in Da Vinci's Vitruvian Man have passages. So, if we put our Hemiunu template over that, there will be the tip of uh, one of the, this undiscovered chamber, but it's right in the middle line there, would be in there, and then if there's upper you know, undiscovered chambers up there, they would also be in this Hemiunu template. So the Hemiunu, and, and here is another amazing thing about, about the Hemiunu template. Look at this. The head of the Vitruvian man is there. This is the head cornerstone, the head of the body. So this would, in a sense, symbolize God, the head. This is Osiris. This is Orion. This, this, is, this is where the the, the risen, you know, Pharaoh is, and then he's, of course, connected to the, 
the cause of, of the body of his people. But interesting connections when you place this Hemiunu template, which is revealed by his tomb and by the Great Pyramid, when you place it in the Great Pyramid, it fits right there. So interesting. Some incredible things happen when we overlay two major pyramids that are 200 cubits high over the Hemiunu template. So right here, I've just basically taken the Red Pyramid and the Bent Pyramid because they're both exactly 200 cubits high. We're showing the underground here of the Bent Pyramid. But I extended the sides on the Bent Pyramid with red lines because that's the size of the Red Pyramid. They have exactly the same slope angle up here, the mild angle of 43 degrees, but the Red Pyramid continues it, continues it all the way down, and the Bent Pyramid at its... Uh, uh, change point here, you know, becomes a much bigger angle, like 54 degrees. Okay, so two pyramids with 200 cubits. Remember, our Hemiunu template is 200 cubits there. Okay, so let's look at some interesting things about the bent pyramid, okay? So uh, let's take the opacity off of this. So the top part of the bent pyramid is associated with a pentagon and fiveness, and the bottom part is associated with sickness, sixness, and a hexagon. Now we've seen in other programs, if you followed this channel, the incredible nature of the merger of the hexagon and the pentagon. It relates to the entrance of the Great Pyramid, and it really is a symbol of the meaning of life, the connection of heaven and earth, the macrocosm and the microcosm. So some heavy stuff here is encoded in the Bent Pyramid. Now, um, and, and here's how that is. If you take uh, a uh, a hexagon here, okay, like this, uh, you can divide a hexagon into six parts, okay? This bottom of the bent pyramid is, if you, you can see how it extends there, it would fit into one of these. In other words, there are, if you took six of the, 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 uh, the side panel of the bent pyramid, it would make a hexagon. So that's why this is sixness. And then the same thing, with uh, the pentagon, okay? Uh, okay, if you took this top part, the red part, as take just that one section, if you took five of those, it would make a pentagon. Now that's incredible that this has to be the exact size to do that, and this has to be the exact size to do that. So the bent pyramid does that. Now the thing you need to know is Egyptologists say the bent pyramid was a mistake, okay? So uh, let's bring this article to the front here. Okay, this is an article, uh, actually, Keith Hamilton's written three about the Bent Pyramid. This is called The Curious Case of the 60-Degree Pyramid. I'll put a link in the description. And he says here, he watched the PBS program with uh, structural engineer, one of the finest, Steve Burroughs. And Burroughs' conclusion about the Bent Pyramid, it was built exactly the way it was supposed to. It's a great success. It's got structural integrity. Now, the standard Egyptological line is, no, the reason that the Bent Pyramid is bent is because when they got up to this height, oh, it started to crinkle or crumble over here. It started to crack, so we can't go as high as we intended. We're going to have to make it shorter. Now, there's hardly any evidence for that. Read Keith's articles. He's, he looks at all the Egyptologists who have studied, you know, and for, for the uh, Bent Pyramid to be the most, the best intact pyramid we have, it's the least studied you can't keep making that claim, Egyptologist, that it was a mistake. There's not evidence for a mistake. Let's look at some other things if it was a mistake. All right, so let's uh, get this out of there. All right, so 
the accidental height, oh, accidentally it ended up being 200 because they changed this. So, but it was supposed to be, if, if you take this the way it was supposed to continue up there, you know, uh, it was supposed to be 220.617. Oh, instead they made a mistake and it became exactly 200 cubits. And okay, and how did they know the amount of structural damage that was coming that it would still handle this much weight? Look at all that weight that's still on it. Okay, so they didn't go all the way up there. They still put a tremendous amount of weight. How did they know it wouldn't hold this much, but it would hold this much? Please. go. All right. So you can still show fiveness and sickness, sixness, those two concepts, and you can break it anywhere. You could have had the, the small part up here. You could have it down here. This will still always represent, this hexagon will still always represent six. And this pentagon top will always represent that. So why did they split it exactly where they did? Well, if you look at the best measurements, uh, Petri, and then there's a more recent uh, study that, that was bent. There was a, of the 200 cubits, there's 110.1 at the top and 89.9 at the bottom. Now, why didn't they just do, you know, 90 and, a, and, and 100, you know, and 10? Why did they do 110.1 and 89.9? Because... When you divide these, the showing because in geometry you're always dealing with proportions, this is root 3 over root 2. That's what they're showing in this top. The square root of 3 over the square root of 2, which, as I'm going to, I'll put this in front here. Oh my goodness, the square root of 3 over the square root of 2, the same 200 cubit, this is the same size here now. So let's say this, this uh, you know, this cube, cube is, is uh, 200 cubits. Okay, the diagonal in that is, and if you put a sphere inside of it, the diagonal of, of, of that cube, which is the spheres in there, is root 3, and the two-dimensional of the square is root 2. So what the bent pyramid is doing is taking us from two-dimensional to three-dimensional geometry in this Hemiunu template. Because this is that same size. It's just turned into a cube. Oh my goodness, because of the exact split, the exact place that they chose to split. Let's send this to the front here. The exact place they chose to split, it tells us they're thinking about this. So I could go on, but I'm simply going to say the Hemiunu template is incredible. The Bent Pyramid is incredible. And there's more to come. Stay with us. Please stay with us. Thank you.